This is Ainsley McEachern, and welcome to my ongoing podcast, Life After Sports. Let's get started. All right, with me today, I have Alex Hagman. Alex is a former pro cyclist, most recently with the Jelly Belly Pro Cycling. Uh, this is part of my ongoing podcast, Life After Sports. Thanks for joining me today, Alex. I appreciate your taking the time. It's great to be here, Ainsley. All right, so we already know you were a pro cyclist for many years. I raced against you more than a few times. Tell me, um, at what level, you know, um, so in the U.S., internationally, so on, did you race? And then how did you come to cycling? Yeah, good question. Um, I'll start with how I came to cycling and uh, started racing in the Roaring Fork Valley, the Aspen Cycling Club put on a weekly series, and they would alternate from road to mountain. And I just started racing mountain bikes. I thought road racers were kind of dorky and kind of weird, but <laughs> turns out I had later become one. <laughs> and uh, so I started racing mountain bikes. My brother and his friends, his older friends, got me into it, and um, quickly I started beating my older brother, and that really enticed me. I thought that was really cool. So just started racing more and riding more, and and um, started getting into it all right cool so um you i know you raced uh, quite a bit domestically of course all the u.s stuff but if i recall you spent some time overseas too is that right yeah so um i spent one summer in italy racing bikes for an english continental pro team that lived and based most of their operations out of tuscany and um also with the jelly belly pro cycling team i raced a lot in asia um, they would bring the team over to Asia, and we raced in Japan, Korea, China, and uh, and that was great. It was a lot of fun international traveling experience. And Asia, that's that's a place that not a lot of uh, people, let alone athletes, get to go. So, and you enjoyed that experience. Who was the sponsor that would take care of that trip? Usually, the race promoter would take care of it, and they loved us coming over because we'd bring a ton of Jelly Belly samples, and uh, we made friends quickly and it was a, a growing area of cycling and so they would have us come over and um, we did the races and great. It, it was actually a great experience to see parts of the world. Great, great. Yeah, I, I recall, you know, I got to race all over Northern Europe and North America and, and I think without racing it would be would have been hard for me to see some of those places. So I agree with you on that front. So tell me, for how long in total, how long were you racing bikes for? In total, I was probably racing bikes probably for about 16 years from when I was really a, a junior, just kind of dabbling in the sport to when I finished. And I still hit an occasional town series race just for fun, but it's, right. I'm pretty slow. It's just for fun. <laughs> slow, that's a relative term, too. I've ridden with you a little bit. Um, so tell me, Alex, ultimately, what? why did you stop? What made you decide that you were going to stop with racing? And was there a plan did you you know was it forced on you or you made the decision to stop that's a good question and ultimately it was my choice to stop um but it wasn't it was sort of forced on me and mostly my choice so um all the doors that were needing to stay open to stay in the sport of cycling were beginning to close it was harder to get a contract i was getting older i wasn't willing to race for next to nothing anymore, so I demanded a little bit more, and uh, so that made it harder to find a contract. And those doors just were starting to close a little bit, so um, 
a lot of other doors and opportunities started to show themselves and uh, just kind of made the choice at the end of uh, one season just to hang it up and start pursuing other things. All right. So how old were you when you stopped, can I ask? Uh, I think I was 29. 29. Hmm. So that that was one of the things that always bothered me with, with cycling. I was 30 when I stopped. Uh-huh. And uh, you're kind of considered over the hill as you start getting into your 30s uh, or approaching 30. Would you agree? <laughs> yes, and it depends. I think in terms of the median racing age, which is 27, that Continental Pro teams have to have, uh, yeah, I was over the hill in terms of my physical abilities and being able to finish a race strongly and have just the miles in the legs to be competitive, I think it was a sweet spot. Yeah. All right. So uh, tell me a little bit now. You've moved on. And uh, what that morning after you retired and you got up the next day and you didn't have to get on the bike or anything, What? Uh, how did you feel? What emotions were associated with that? Well, it felt good. Uh, I don't think I got on my bike for uh, several months, actually. <laughs> I enjoyed the time off. Physically, it felt great. Emotionally, it also it just felt nice having um, a break from the bike. And when I timed it, I was having an off-season anyway, so it was a time that I was away from the bike, and I could disconnect from the sport. And that's one thing I always did a lot of, was disconnect and experience other aspects outside of cycling to keep my lifestyle balanced. That helped me have a long career that I did. And so when I stopped racing, it was off season and it was just kind of a good time to, to just let everything go. All right. So when, you know, I know that a lot of athletes say they live their life around the rhythms of their sport. Um, you know, so you're training throughout the winter and then you're gearing up for racing in the spring did you have those feelings when you started getting back into the spring see you know your normal off season would have been coming to an end or were you already at peace with it i was at peace with it i had taken another job that filled up my time quite a bit and it was fun pursuing something new something that challenged me a little bit and i got to meet new people and it was learning a new a new thing and so that filled my time but whenever I saw my friends out racing or watching the spring classics on TV or something I definitely that's when it hit me that oh wow I'm not doing this anymore this is this is different um, and I'd still get that emotional rush of watching these guys sprint or watching them in a crosswind or all the racing ta uh, scenarios watching that I really got fired up there and then I remembered how much work and effort it took for them to get to that moment, and I was okay with it. Yeah. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> All right. So um, tell me, you know, and it just, and you can say, you know, one line answer. Do you feel, was it a hard transition for you or relatively easy? It was relatively easy. Okay. All right. Some of the athletes I've spoken to, and I'm sure you've, had experience with other athletes, cyclists, mm -hmm. say that the transition for them was, you know, it was maybe a little more painful. I was ready to move on and try different things, and okay. there's a lot of other opportunities in life, and I wanted to experience other stuff. Good for you. 
So tell me, Alex, what Alex Hagman? What's Alex doing right now with uh, life after cycling? What do you? What adventure are you in now? Yeah, so I've got all kinds of fun adventures um, on the plate right now. Um, I went and got my real estate license, and am working in the real estate world. Talked to a lot of other pro athletes that transitioned out of their professional careers and went into real estate because there's a lot of similarities between the two, between the dedication, the discipline, and having to really work hard to make something happen in the career good. path. So Good, good. Um, how did you feel when you came into real estate? Was it... Um I know that I, I've spoken with another athlete that I'll talk to in the weeks coming up here. and She, at times, she had felt, you know, I'd been at the top of my game in my sport, and then when I went into a work field I wasn't familiar with, she admitted it made her feel a little, she used the word stupid, um, and then sometimes really frustrated. Did you, did you have any of that going into real estate? Sure, sure, and it's it's um, kind of like cycling. It's, it's a career path that you always have to learn more and to stay on top of your game and um, thinking about it now in similar ways it was like the first Norba National I went to and just looking at all these super successful people and was in over my head I felt like though after a few of them I started doing better and it just became more normal and met people on the circuit and so the same things happening with real estate at first it's pretty daunting like well this is big and Kind of scary, but it's turned out to be quite a fun career path. All right, have you sold any houses yet? I sure have. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a different paycheck than your cycling paycheck. A too, little bit I, different. Yeah, yeah. A little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what's next for Alex Hagman? The future. Well, I've been involved with the Cyclismo Youth Foundation, and that really satiates my want and need to ride a bike. And so it's really fun to be part of that organization. So I want to continue developing that organization and coaching with them and, and bringing youth up into the sport of cycling in a really healthy way as best as we can. Um, I'll stay in the real estate game for several years moving forward. And, um, you know, it's kind of a wide open canvas, I suppose, and just waiting to see where the paint lands. And I'm always open for new opportunities and looking to just live life and have fun all right cool new opportunities so once again this is Ainsley McEachran uh, with Gemini Training Systems and this is my ongoing podcast Life After Sports and again today I've had Alex Hagman with me Alex thanks so much for taking the time I really appreciate your input thanks Ainsley for having me